You're listening to the HR Happy Hour Show with hosts Steve Bowes and Trish McFarlane. Since 2009, the HR Happy Hour Show has been bringing you thought leaders, workplace and technology experts, academics, and more to take on the most important and interesting topics impacting work, human resources, technology, and the workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. It's the HR Happy Hour Show. My name is Steve Bowes. I am super excited to be here today. And I'm joined by, of course, Trish McFarland. Trish, how are you? I'm good. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. And Trish, I'm glad you said good morning because I know we, we in here, I'm going to tell you why. Not, not because that's just a nice thing to say, which it is. So thank you. Good morning, too. <laughs> but I, I had a note, which is not in the show notes that, that we, we corresponded on and worked out. So this, this I added to my handwritten notes. Okay. It doesn't matter exactly what time we're doing this, but we set up a little process now, you and I, where we're trying to record these shows at a set fixed time every week, a set day and a set time, just oh, to make, just just to make scheduling perfect. easier, right? That's for us. Right. It's for our sanity, right? And I love it. I think it's working. Uh, so far, it's working great. I love that we have this fixed time on the calendar each week. But here's what I don't like, Trish. I miss HR happy hour. Because as you said, our fixed time is in the morning for both of us. It's not really happy hour anymore. That's, a, that's bumming me out a little bit. Maybe it needs to involve mimosas of some sort. I don't know. With just a teeny, teeny, teeny little like dropper full of uh, vodka. That might that might help. All right. Let's if we do this again, same time, same day next uh, week. Can we maybe work that out? We'll work that out. But uh, anyway, so great to be back on the show. A quick couple things. Thanks, of course, Virgin Pulse, our our sponsor for the HR Happy Hour show. Uh, since 1972, we've been so excited to be working with them. Uh, of course, check them out at www.virginpulse.com. And for me, just, they, of course, HR Tech Conference coming up soon. Less, uh, Just a little over two months from now, check that out at www.hrtechconference.com. Use my code, Steve200, for 200 bucks off your registration. Hope to see a lot of listeners out there. Trish, that's it from me. How's your, what's up with you? How's your summer been? I haven't talked to you in a little while, actually. Oh, it's been good in the in the last week we haven't talked. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's just for the show, Trish. Let's pretend. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, you always throw me off when you're like, oh, we never talk. I'm thinking, wait just a minute. trying to set, uh, set up the listeners for a great summer story. Oh, God. Okay. Well, then you probably need to set me up first in advance for the great summer story. No, just... Okay. So my big, my big exciting thing for anybody who's listened for years. So obviously my favorite time of year is when my son starts football and football started August 1st. Um, wow. He unofficially started back in July, but opening of practice was August 1st. So the bittersweet part is that he has played since he's been five years old with the same team, and he's now on the 14U team. It is his last year before high school, and because we moved, he's going to play high school ball with a whole different group of boys. And so kind of seeing them grow from you know, five years old, uh, itty bitties on the field all the way up to now, you know, they kind of have the, uh, the, the prime practice position, you know, on the yeah, turf sure. field and that sort of thing. And so it's really cool to see them kind of being the big boys and all the other little, the littles are looking up to them, <laughs> which is kind of fun. The only other thing I'll say that's really uh, almost shocking is that number one, all these boys are now 
pretty much taller than me. And also when they do <laughs> well, their good, drills, I think, if they're football players, right? That helps. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Well, I mean, they're, you know, they're 13 and 14 years old. So, uh, no, but they sound like men, right? So they're doing their drills. So I like, it's a weird thing. So sitting behind me and I know we've even recorded some shows where I've been at the practice field over the years. And, you know, so it's like all the littles are behind me with their teeny little voices, you know, doing. <laughs> and then it's like our boys have like these, you know, their voices have changed. And so they're either cracking or, or already changed. And they sound like men out there on the field. It's just really a very different experience. So that's quite, been my, my excitement for the week. Quite something how, how they how they grow up. It's uh, when's the first game? When is the first game game? So I can mark you know, we don't have the schedule, but it's usually the first weekend in September. That oh, tends so like right to be like Labor Day time. Labor. Okay. Yeah, right after Labor Day, whatever that first weekend is, is usually it. And then, you know, they have, um, they go all the way through almost, not quite to Thanksgiving, but into mid-November. So, yeah, I'm ready. You know, that's my thing. That's my kid. He's, uh, you know, so it'll be different. Love it. But this is tough. They're going through. I think, you know what, I think. Speak, like kind of tying back to work. I think we need this for the workplace because um, these coaches are serious. These are not parents as coaches, right? We've sort of now graduated to that next sure. step. Um, and they're running it like a true boot camp. One is a former drill instructor and he is not going easy on these kids. And it's just interesting to watch how people respond when they know what the expectations are. They're simple. It's repetitive and they deliver, even though it's hard. And so I just wonder, have we gotten too soft at work, right? We don't we don't necessarily do a great job anymore of just telling people what the expectations are, really pushing them, and seeing them deliver. So I don't know. Maybe well, that's for a future. You know, Trish, uh, that's a really interesting point. And I, I think it is a, an, uh, something we can talk about. So I quickly just threw on the show notes at the last second. Just one other thing I wanted just to kick out there before we get into the main topic. And not so much to really sure. talk about it, but just it popped up. And I don't want to forget about it because I do want to talk about this some. And it, it ties into what you just said about the football uh, instruction as well which is the Amazon story you probably saw this week, right? It's happening really kind of right now, right? The Amazon right. looking to hire 50,000 people uh, in one day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was actually yesterday. As we, it, it, I know people listen to this days and weeks later, but as we record this, the actual the day we're going to hire 50,000 people was yesterday. And, uh, of course, read a little bit about this. And um, this morning I read just one piece, but it was an interesting piece. It claimed to be sourced directly from an Amazon spokesperson, which claimed – they only had about 20,000 applicants, right, yesterday, on, on the day, right, for, the, for these 50,000 um, jobs that they're looking to fill. It's something like 10 or 12 distribution warehouse centers across the United States. One of the reasons, at least the theories behind the, the, the one piece I read said suggested why the response rate was seemingly pretty low, right, for – the right. 50,000 jobs was the nature of the jobs themselves, right? And Amazon being really clear about that, right? They're tough jobs. They're on your feet all day, 10 hours a day, 12 hours lifting. a day. Sure. Yeah, hot conditions, lifting, you know, and they, they want to be very clear. And they, I think they're doing a good job about being incredibly clear about um, the nature of the work, right? And the kind of people that um, are likely to be successful in that work. And, and, and this author, anyways theorized that was one of the reasons why the application rate was kind of low. And there's some other reasons as well that are a little bit more macroeconomic reasons that I'd love to dig into. So I'm going to, I'm kind of following the story. I'm going to see how it plays out in the next couple of weeks. I would love to circle back to it. I think it ties into what you said about 
you know, expectations and discipline and are we sort of, I don't know, societal, societally, is that even a word? Uh, not as comfortable with that kind of thing as, as we used to be, as, as say our previous generations were or they expected. I don't know. It's really interesting, though. Well, I think we should definitely do a show about it because I think we're, we're now fully buying into the hype of this whole employee engagement. And, and while those things are certainly important, right, it's just there needs to be some balance that you actually need to be able to tell people and articulate what the expectations are. And they, it is work. We are being paid to do it. And so I believe that, you know, you, you sort of know that going in. But I can tell you when I worked in public accounting, I mean, it was very clear. Those jobs are hard in a different way, right? But lots of long hours. Um, you know, you're working um, 60 to 80 hours a week on a regular basis. It's all type A personalities, people who have done that their whole, you know, college career all the way through into the work world. And, and it's just a very driven, intense kind of culture. And, but they tell you that and then they pay you well for doing that. So I don't know. I guess I kind of grew up a fan of, of knowing what the expectations are. And so sometimes when I get into situations where not necessarily at work, even just, you know, um, even in the past working with different clients and whatnot, if the expectations are not incredibly clear, it does make it very difficult sometimes to perform at a high level. I don't know. It, it feels like it takes the stress off you a little bit. If you know what you're supposed to achieve and then you're actually held accountable for achieving that. Yeah. I so. totally agree with that. Trish. And I'll throw one more little thing out there, a little zinger on this and then we probably should let it go. Otherwise this will become the show instead of what we really planned. Well, that's right. That's about. how it should be. Right. We but, should. Yeah. We can. <laughs> it's our show. We can talk about what we want. Here's one more thing I'll throw out to you is, uh, the relationship between the employer and the employee has continues to evolve and continues to change. But it, no one would argue. I don't think Trish that it hasn't become, uh, it's never been more uncertain, never been more temporary in nature, and never been more uh, transactional, right? And so uh, trying to sort of get folks fired up about these really hard jobs, these really disciplined jobs, these, you know, for a on the longer term, right, it seems like that's a really tough, tough sledding for any kind of an employer, whether it's a highly paid professional job, like some of the jobs you're talking about in, in, in public accounting and consultancy or working in this Amazon warehouse, right? You know, it's a different kind of job, of course, but the fact that, you know, most employees for better or worse are considered, you know, fungible, right? And by most organizations, even really good organizations, right? Like, so, you know, managing but, okay, that the argument is really there would be, would they be, would they be considered that way? If people were actually performing at a higher level, I don't think it matters. I mean, I, you don't think so? I, 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 I do. See, okay, so another show because I'll argue with you on that point. I really do think that makes a difference. Because now we're getting yeah. into we're getting into you know some of the Jack Welch stuff, right? The some of the 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 stack ranking I stuff, and, and I, I'm not. I would never I argue. See, and I was raised that way. That's why it's so hard. It's hard for me to to go to the softer, you know, leadership, you know, me, I mean, that's, that's kind of my MO anyway. Well, well, so, but my point, right, is, my, show. my point is that we'll get rid of the high performers too on a whim. We don't care about them either. Right. That's, that's the larger point I would try to make. Right. So, um, all right. Let's argue that one out another day. Though. So there's your teaser, everyone, if you're listening. See, this is how the shows happen though. This is where you and I can take, you know, a, a seemingly, uh, non-controversial topic and, and come up with other things. Uh, 
the last thing you can make a show note for that when we do it is um, I just had my water system replaced here in the home that we purchased okay. and was talking with the gentleman who owns his own business, his own water business, and um, he can't find any of his sons to take over the business. And so we were having this whole discussion about how people, you know, young people don't want to do hard labor, hard work, you know, that sort of thing. So I think that ties back into the Amazon story. So, yeah, more to well, come. It, yeah. And, and the, all right, I'll let it go because I have a rebuttal for that too, <laughs> the guy and his son. But okay, we're, let's move on. Let's move on to talk let's about something. Let's move on today's topic. <laughs> which is equally interesting, I think, and it's something we've done at least one show on and maybe two. I can't remember if we've done two. We definitely we've done did several. A, definitely did at least a couple on this is the internet trends report that comes out every year it comes out in the spring from Kleiner Perkins from uh, internet analyst Mary Meeker who's you know internet famous and has been for a very long time she issues this massive report each year covering just all kinds of macro trends global trends economic trends digital trends basically the big the things that she and, and the team there think are the most important uh, data points and trends that folks in business, all kinds of businesses really, should know about as they plan their business strategies and their technology strategies and so forth. And so each year, I started actually, even before we started doing shows about that, Trish, uh, four or five, six years ago, whenever it was, on the blog uh, that I have, where I write very very regularly on the Steve Bose blog, Trish, I don't know if you've seen it. but um, I wasn't aware you had a blog, but I'll check I it do. out. I'll Google you. I'll do. I'll send you the I'll link. Google you. <laughs> That's five or six years ago. <laughs> I would always tear tear into that report a little bit and write what I thought about what was most important about it. You know, from an HR. I'm age, sure it's well read. It, it's probably very well read. It's so well done. Those old posts. But um, <laughs> and so then we decided, okay. let's do a show about this. Let's I'll pull out the let's pull out the Internet Trends Report, pull out a few of the highlights, and talk about them from sort of an HR workplace, HR tech perspective. So that's that's the topic Absolutely. for today. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. I want to hit you with the first one, Trish. And oh, by the way, I'll put I'll, I'll post the link to where this report is. It's k kpcb.com slash internet dash trends, but we'll post that with the show notes. That's where you find this whole report. It's a massive report. It's like 355 slides. Uh, the first one, obvious, right? But let's dig into it a little bit. Mobile and the amount of time people are spending on mobile devices accessing digital content in, in, in the internet grown by a factor of oh, about uh, 5x in the last five years. So basically now people in the United States, adults anyway, are spending more of their time engaging with digital content and internet content on mobile devices, more so finally than on laptops and other, other uh, devices combined. So basically the, the final takeover of mobile is here. And I know we've been talking about mobile and HR and mobile and HR tech for a while. But still, up until kind of recently, most people spent more of their time on laptops and desktops. But it's finally it's finally tipped over. I, I don't know, Trish, what do you think about that in terms of just what that means for us in HR and HR tech? Oh, I think it, it, really, it really means a ton. Because when you look at her, her facts and figures, when you look to, to as recently as 2012, that was the last time. Um, that the desktop hours actually were larger than the hours spent on a mobile device. Mm -hmm. It was uh, two and a half on desktop versus 1.6 on mobile. Um, compare that to today. So even just, you know, well, today being 2016, which, which her data was from, but um, 2.2 hours on a desktop versus 3.1 on a mobile device. And so, you know, what what that's telling me is that it's it's enabling workers to be 
um, whether they're in a manufacturing setting, in a healthcare setting, in a in an office setting, it allows you to have that flexibility of not being tied to your desk or to a specific seat, right? And so I'm not even I'm not even going as far as like work from home and that sort of thing. That of course enables that too, but you know, or working while you're traveling, but it just shows you that information is able to be carried with you virtually anywhere that you can get service at this point. And that's a, that's a big thing because it's really forced the, the technology vendors and, and now me included, right. To, to make that not just sort of like, I don't know, when was it about 2009, maybe when it was just sort of being talked about and it's kind of an add on sort of a thing, yeah. almost like throwaway thing that like, Oh yeah. And we're going to look at mobile now, you know, at least in, in my world, it's mobile first, right? Everything we design is mobile first. Okay. And then the desktop. So it's 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 flipped the way that and I'm sure this is not just an HCM technology, it's probably all technology. It's flipped the way that people who design solutions have to work as well. Because everything we do has to be designed mobile first. Yeah. Or it should be. Because if you're not, it's you're you're in trouble. Yeah, right. and, and, and well, I think you're, you're spot on on that, Trish, and, and, and maybe even like moving past, I'm not, not specifically talking about what you guys are doing at your company, but mobile first, of course, you know, makes perfect sense. But I wonder, you know, for to some uh, some HR and HR tech applications and other workplace applications, if mobile only is kind of makes sense too. And I know there's there's many of them that fall into that ballpark of different types of applications, but they've typically been the smaller, more niche applications, more edge applications. But like when you think about um, the dominant ways and the dominant time, we'll get to this a little bit when we talk about gaming in a couple minutes, but the way people spend their time interacting with information and interacting with technology and you know, the amount of hours, I don't have those stats in here, but like the amount of hours people spend on things like Facebook and Instagram and these other kind of um, mm -hmm. applications or even, even throw online dating in there if you want to as well, where they're mobile only kind of, I know Facebook has a desktop thing, but like Facebook makes like 85% of their money now or something like that from mobile, right? They're, they're, they'd get rid of the desktop if they thought they could, right? If they could get away with it, right? Because all their money's coming from mobile at this point. Instagram's, of course, right, completely mobile. Snapchat, the same thing, right? And so, you know, I think I think there, the balance for HR folks and for HR tech folks is going to be how to manage the increasing expectations of, quote, unquote, everything being available on a mobile device and making those things usable and, and, and user-friendly and accessible. And, and because, you know, big HR systems, like a big payroll system, for example, right, is there's a lot to navigate through. There's a lot of screens, a lot of fields, a lot of stuff there, right? And that doesn't always translate really good to a four-inch mobile device. But at the same time, there's a lot of users who are going to push you guys to build that kind of stuff that will work on that four-inch mobile device. Or, or maybe that's because that's their dominant form of access to the Internet, one last thing, and I'll shut up for a second, but uh, Mary Meeker's report, and we're, I didn't have that in our notes to talk about specifically, but the back half of this massive report is all about India and China specifically, right? Digging into the markets and mm -hmm. the internet trends and the technology trends in India and China, like two you know huge countries, both growing, so on and so forth. The way people access the internet in those countries and other developing countries is way different than we access it here. It's even more dominant on mobile, right? And, right. And, right. Yeah, we were in China, right? Did you ever see people stare at their mobile phones more than we did in Shanghai? I, you know, I've no. never been anywhere, right? So, um, right. it's a real challenge, I think, for HR and for HR tech companies to try to manage that balance. I guess you know that how much is how much of our solutions and how much of our service delivery do we need to have on mobile, and then how do we make it work when it's 
you know, complicated and there's lots to do and lots to process. I, th- you know, I think that's going to continue evolving, but I can tell you, I mean, you mentioned payroll I and mean, that's, that's something, obviously you picked my, my passion topic, right? <laughs> um, no, that was one of the first things we, we started working on at Infor was, was how do we, you know, how do we provide mobile payroll solutions? And it's really cool. And so for me, that's, that's a must have. And it's not, can, can we get that in an awesome that, new tech at HR tech? If, it, if it's cool, I need, I need, I need some more help uh, there. So let's talk. About we'll that. have to talk about that. <laughs> yes. Kidding. Look, it is cool. I can assure you it's something that does not exist anywhere else, not anywhere else. But um, my team is working very, very, very hard and our development team is working very hard on it. So I will keep you up. But no, the the idea is that you really have to to choose and select the activities within something like that. Yeah. Are you going to have the entire payroll function available on mobile? No. And you don't need to. So what that what that forces both a vendor to do and then a, a, a consumer to purchase that to do is to think about what are those things that are most needed from each piece of your HR system to be on mobile? It's not everything. Mm-hmm. Right? right. You don't need your payroll uh, processing team to be able to process an entire payroll um, on their phone, that's not even, that's just not even necessary. Right. So not, at least not yet. Um, <laughs> but is it, is it, you know, going to be interesting to be able to entirely model out, um, what a, what an employee might do with a shift or, or how that might impact their pay? Yes, that's absolutely interesting. And that's what we're building. So I think it's, you'll start to see more, um, more vendors converging on what customers really have on their wish list. In terms of mobile, and not just payroll specifically, but but all of HCM, right? What are those most interesting things? You know, right now, it's over the last few years, it's been more of the simple things. You know, being able to, you know, uh, sign off on a requisition or, you know, maybe give some sort of feedback, right? Lots of, uh, of feedback of all different types or employee feedback on certain things. You know, the smiley faces, the check marks, right, whatever. Right. Um, so, and that was an easy entry point. Again, so I think what you're going to see in these next three years is that is going to shift to those truly um, more strategic functions within H- HCM that can be done on mobile. So it's it's really different. Like truly solving a, a problem or an issue and digging in on your mobile device, to me, that's where it has to go. Yeah, and, and but, but yeah. the last thing I'll say on it, just really just my opinion on, on, on the tech side of it, is, is it, it can't be just let's replicate the experience that we designed for a larger format or a larger form factor and grind that down to these smaller form factors. And I know the phones have been getting bigger and stuff like that, but still, yeah. like, like I've seen a lot, especially when, like, the first wave of HR Thank tech- you for saying that. <laughs> Thank you. Please repeat it. When the no, first- Steve, that's the problem, right? We've taken what originally, what, look, what it looked like on your desktop is what, what everyone expected it to look like on your tablet or on your phone. I, I'm with you. I think it does not have to look like that. I think, in fact, your mobile experience could be a completely unique experience as well. Now, it should it should have ties to your desktop experience. But why not? You have so much flexibility with a mobile device to really be creative and to really make it a unique design. Why not? Yeah, I, I agree. Might, I, 
I, I'd agree, like a whole kind of reimagining or rethinking of how we drive enterprise solutions down to mobile devices is, is I think it's happening in some in some circumstances. I think it needs to continue to happen because it's what the it's where all the users are. It's what they expect. And, you know, if you're going to move into places like, like I said, into India and to China and try to have success in those markets, it, it's you have no shot. Right. Unless you're. Oh my God, the the the, the mobile in in China is the only thing that matters. So anyway, that's fun. It's interesting. You know, what, one other point, Steve, though, to kind of to what you're saying is that I think we've also moved past, or hopefully we're moving past. You know, at first, a mobile experience, everyone was not only trying to replicate what their desktop experience was, but they were trying to do it in a Facebook-like way or a Twitter-like way. Oh, the feed, the feed. I'm, every I'm, every every app has a feed, right? right? Yeah. Everybody's feed looks like, right, because they thought that, and that, again, back to being an easy entry point, it was working for Facebook, it was working for Twitter, Instagram, whatever, so we're going to make, we're going to make the HR solution look just like that. I think that's starting to, to change. Mm -hmm. This is now where developers are feeling much more comfortable in what their vision is, and, and I think now, again, these next three years are going to start seeing some differences emerge. And it won't just be trying to replicate what Facebook is doing. Yeah, and, or and, LinkedIn. And, and the huge point, the huge point of that, I think, and I and I agree with you, is is context, right? That the Facebook feed, the Instagram feed, you know, whatever feed you're talking about, there's no context there. Like, I know that these big social networks have tried to adapt these feeds to more tailored to your interests and your preferences, but there's no context, right? And work right. normally has context, right? A project, a meeting, um, a piece of code you're, someone's writing, uh, an event you're planning. There's always context, right? Or, or else why do it, right? Or it's not it's not that unfettered kind of, here's what everybody's doing, you know, kind of scrolling nonsense feed. And because um, uh, there, there, there's a long list of, quote unquote, the next Facebook for the enterprise that have failed, right? And, um, right. and there's lots of reasons why, which we could probably spend a whole hour on because there's a lot of there's interesting things happening in that space too including what facebook themselves right getting more into the enterprise with their work product but uh okay all right well, let's talk about another trend all right you want to pick one or should i just go i've got a couple here no you go i know you've i i've read it but i know you get very excited about it so you go right ahead and pick i want to skip the second one we pointed out which was about user-driven content which i think is really interesting but i want to get to one that i'm more interested in right now just because uh of a new device I've got here at my house, which is the voice interface. Okay, so uh, the mm -hmm. think the Google Assistant, the Amazon Echo, and the Alexa uh, ecosystem series been around forever, but that that voice interface. There's a couple of really interesting stats that uh, Mary Meeker had in this um, in the Internet Trends report talking about. Uh, for example, with Google, neither nearly 70% of requests to the Google Assistant are using that natural and conversational language kind of interface, asking questions, asking for advice, asking for information in natural language. And then, of course, the growth of the Amazon Echo, which is just, you know, shot up into, you know, Amazon, the, the Echo device came out in 2015, you know, in, just launched. Just so two years later, there's over 10, it's probably closer to 12 million of these devices out now. This data is a little bit old, so we don't even have the data for how many Echo devices Amazon sold on, on Amazon Prime Day a couple of weeks ago which mm -hmm. I'm sure was a lot because that's when I bought mine. And uh, so I've had my – I know you have one too, Trish. Um, I do. I, I'm going to tell you what. I, I don't want to like you know make crazy wild hot takes and everything and the next big thing, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell you what. I've had my Echo here for three, two, three weeks, something like that. 
And all I'm really doing with it is really basic stuff, right? Play mm -hmm. some music, tell me the news, reminders, timers, things like that. I got my calendar integrated on there so I, I can ask Alexa, you know, what's my next meeting, things like that. I'm going to tell you what, in the two, three weeks I've had this, all I'm doing is getting more pissed off at all the other pieces of technology in my life that I can't operate just like I, I interact with, uh, with the Echo. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm okay. completely annoyed with my microwave, my coffee pot, mm -hmm. everything in here that won't just respond to my command, I am pissed off with and I want to figure out how to replace. So I think this okay, is Okay, well, huge. first of all, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Um, so I have had mine a little bit longer than you. I've had mine maybe a little over a year. And I love her. I call her her, you know. Okay. Um no, you need to start. So this is where all of the all of the other companies who are building apps or or other, you know, hardware type devices to go with your with your Amazon Echo. So for example, my I just got one from my grandfather. He lives alone, 87 years old, right? Didn't grow up with technology. Um we just got him one last week while I was there visiting and um of course, he's going to use it for, for things you've mentioned. He cannot believe that he can just ask her to play a song. And I'm telling you what, he's talking from like artists back in the 40s and the 30s, you know. It's amazing. Um, and she just she just does it. He can't even believe how great that is. But um, I also bought him the plugs that go into his outlets mm -hmm. so that we plugged his lamps in. So now he can literally sit in his chair and say, Alexa, turn on the light. Yeah. Alexa, turn off the light. Right. So you can hook that. I don't know about a microwave. That's probably you can't do that. I'm sure. But like things like a coffee maker or other de other electronic devices in your home, just buy the plugs and plug those in. Oh, and yeah. then you can program them to work with your voice. And so you could say, turn on the coffee maker. And sure enough, your coffee would start brewing. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, yeah, I'm aware kind of of all the additional home automation things that you can do, you know, at, with third-party products and integrations and things right. like that, which I think is amazing, and I think that's an awesome example you just gave. It's just like, you know, right, you've got to start going through the process of doing it. But So here's what's interesting about it to me. It, it's like I, like I kind of, I think, hinted at, but I'll say it a little bit differently. I don't think this is a breakthrough technology because of what it's doing right now. I think it's important for HR and HR tech people to think about it for the way it's driving expectations, or I think, I think anyway, it will drive a change in expectations. So just like mobile did, right? Just like when mobiles became, everybody had a mobile, an iPhone in their pocket, the expectations that, you know, their payslip will be available on mobile really increased dramatically in a really short time, and all the HR tech vendors had to react to that. I think mm -hmm. the same thing's going to happen with voice, right? Because like I said, in two weeks, I'm like pissed off at the microwave. Your grandpa is completely excited that he can turn his lights on just with the voice command. And then when he runs into that first thing that he can't activate with his voice, he's probably going to call you and say, hey, Trish, right. how, can I, how can I get, you know, the vacuum cleaner on, on the Echo or whatever it might be, right? Which I know, exactly. you, I know you can with the Roombas. But um, I think this is well, you know what, I think Steve, this is so way, way, I think this is way a bigger deal than, than people are thinking so far. Well, it is, but you know, you have to start somewhere. And so, in much like it would it is starting to be applied in human resource technology, you're seeing those same things, right? And so, for example, with our our Coleman um, announcement that we just had it in for, it's the same thing, right? So we're going to start with with some of the I'll call them more simple tasks, right? Being able to use your voice to find out how much uh, paid time off you have left, and then um, you know 
asking other questions that it can query from whether it's your employee handbook or just other employee data, for example, you'd have in your system. But what's really special is going to be that next phase, which is where it starts putting it in context. I mean, you mentioned that earlier, Mm -hmm. um, that that's very important. Well, it's no different when you're interacting with, um, with this type of, of a device because you want it to say not just, oh, you have 40 hours of PTO. You want it to contact you when it sees you have that much PTO and start saying, hey, I've noticed, right? Hey, Steve, I've noticed you have a lot of PTO built up in your bank. Would you like me to go ahead and schedule this for you? Right. It's starting those, it's, it's more about a relationship and a conversation with your personal assistant. And I will tell you, I, I just learned this, and so I apologize, I don't know all the details behind it. We could definitely dig in, but um, in trying to get my grandpa set up with just what it can do for him, there are you can have whole conversations with your um, personal assistant right now. And, and it's, you just say like, um, Alexa, let's chat. Okay. And it's, it's university students who are working on these projects to actually build in discussion. And so it would say to my grandpa, like, you know, hi, what would you like to chat about today? Would you like to chat about politics, religion, you know, whatever he could say, Oh, politics. And it would say, Oh, I noticed that, um, there's an article out today that Donald Trump said, blah, blah, blah. What do you think about that? And then he would answer. Mm, and then based on his answer, it would respond back. Now, again, this is all just being created. And so the students, I guess, at the very end of your chat session, you have the opportunity to rate how well did the chat go? Did it, did it ask you intuitive things based on your replies? So I'm seeing like if, if students are thinking this way, Right. This is the exact way that we're trying to think about it from an HR perspective is how can we have your personal assistant at work at your desk or on your phone be able to have a conversation with you about what you need, maybe about things you don't even know, point you to things you don't even know you need. That's really where the value comes in. It's not just being able to ask a question because in order to ask a question, you have to know what you're looking for. And as humans, we don't always know what we're looking for. Or what's interesting? Yeah, I think so. I I, th- I think there's 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 like three or four kind of different angles where I think this is going to be really important and and kind of uh, evolutionary, maybe even revolutionary when it comes to workplace and workplace solutions. Right, the first basic one, like I said, well, why doesn't everything work this way? Why why can't I do anything I want just by asking it a mm-hmm. simple question and having it understand me, and, and and then digging deeper, as you said, is well, what's that context? What's that? Where's the additional meaning? Where's that? Where are those paths that it can that the assistant can help guide me on? Where? Well, for example, I mean, this isn't it doesn't exist yet, but wouldn't it be interesting if you could say something, you know, like in our case with what we're building and be like, you know, Hey Coleman, um, I have to have a difficult conversation today with an employee today around, you know, poor performance or not meeting a sales. Let's say something specific, like not meeting a sales target. What can I do to prepare and having Coleman come back and say, Oh, you know, you might consider these three, you know, questions as you go into that conversation, you know, and, and start having, so you're, you're talking to your personal assistant out loud about maybe what's coming up in your day or, you know, Hey, I need, I'm going out to a a new client today. What are, what are a couple things I need to really think about? Or, you know, they're in the mining business. What are some key things that are going on in the mining industry? I really need to know today before I go to this new client. 
Yeah. Like I, to me, that's, I see the value coming in. It's, it's more about having a conversation in that relationship with that device in a way to where you're not having to go into Google and type in and search something. It's, it's through that yeah. normal conversation it goes you, back to the, right. The, the 70% of requests are natural, natural conversational language. Yeah. Where, where the, where the information uh, exchange happens in a natural way and it happens in an organic way. And it happens, as you said, at times when you're not even completely sure what you're looking for, like it's probably yeah. really difficult. I'm not a CRM guy. Right. So, mm-hmm. but my guess is going to be, it's not in most CRMs, you know, like your sales forces of the world and whatnot, it's probably not super easy to, to mine effective, um, uh, strategies, right, for, for what to right. do when you approach that new client or you're prospecting, whatever. Like, you can probably pull a lot of data and analytics about what what's already happened. I'm not sure yet if any of those systems are really good about helping to guide you about what to do next. And that that process, whether it's a CRM process, an HR process, a hiring process, all of these things where we're sort of we're swimming around the sea of AI solutions and and, and promises of you know, machine learning technologies to help us make the best decisions. I think the there's a lot of interesting things happening, definitely in HR and HR tech, but I think this element, this interactive element, this UX element, this voice conversational element, or this Google Assistant-like element, I think that's probably the thing that's going to turn these things into really powerful uh, business tools, right? I, I don't think, I think that the, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff is really, really interesting and important. I'm not, you know... Uh, trying to uh, minimize well, that, it, that part. but I don't, I don't think that, I don't think they're going to be widespread adoption of these things in, across organizations and wide swaths of organizations until the way to pull out that information and gain insight from it becomes becomes simpler. And I think voice is going to be one of the primary mechanisms to do that. Right. Wow, that's it. That's my Alexa rant. I love it though. Although I don't love this Trish. Like every time a commercial comes on the TV. For Alexa, my, my little Echo is fairly near where the television is, where I've got it set up. It you know it lights up it, like, always when when those commercials. Oh, come. does it? Yeah. Interesting. I'm not happy about that. But well, I love it. I love our. I talk to her all the time. I I, I, all the time. I I'm totally into it too. So hey, we have time for one more Trish. One more internet trend from Mary Meeker. You think you want sure. to one more? Very right, quickly. <laughs> the three right. minute, the three minute. We've talked a lot about these two. I know. So, uh, how about? I don't want to talk about cloud because that's a little bit esoteric and boring. Let's talk about gaming real quick. There's, sure. There's a huge portion of, of the Internet Trends report from Kleiner Perkins that talks about gaming in its various kind of manifestations. So. Uh, online multiplayer gaming, just video gaming, console gaming, uh, uh, mobile gaming. It's incredible if you don't think about it. And everybody, you know, a lot of people listen to this probably have kids, and maybe their kids like video games. I trust you. I know Jack loves playing the NBA video game. My son plays. He um, does. My son plays like a I don't know the name of the thing, but it's like basically like. Uh, risk you know the game of global domination like on steroids though you know it's like the most complex version i've ever seen it's incredible how many people are playing video games how many people are watching people play video games and how much uh um, time energy investment and resources are spent on video games would you would you be surprised to know trish that in the united states the average gamer how old would you say the average gamer is average gamer average yeah 32. 35, Trish. Older than you think. Oh, is it 35? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Okay. And sad to say, I'm actually not one of them. I'm not a video gamer myself, but uh, when I maybe when I get to my <laughs> later 30s, I'll probably get more interested in it. But the well, I, I'm thinking wider, just because again, I think that people always focus on you know the millennials and all of that, or but really, I think a lot of people you know above 55 are really getting into technology. They didn't grow up with games, and now maybe that in retirement, like I can, again back to my grandpa, 87 years old. He is gaming every single day because it's a way to it's wow, a way to fill his time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think you're going to see that shift, too. I think that that average will probably raise a little bit as as the baby boomers are retiring. Right now, they they haven't had time to play games. Right. <laughs> they were busy working when gaming really got big. Well, why not have them, you know, when they retire? Why not play a game here and there? It could be interesting. So. Yeah. So, so you know. I guess the larger point, tens of millions of people playing these games, these large online multiplayer games, huge industries popping up. Trish, there are colleges in the United States giving scholarships for e-gaming, for, for, the, for gamers to compete on gaming teams oh, intercollegiately. There's big money. That is a thing. They pay for millions. Yep. Yeah. It's a big, big industry. So in terms, of, in terms of HR and HR tech, plenty of interesting things here. And some of this has been covered in the past, but I don't think we really thought about it. I think most people who talked about it kind of talked about it as a goof. But things like leadership, team organization, team dynamics, things like analytics and, and dashboards, right? Go, you know, optimizing your team based on statistics and data and really cool. And Mary Meeker's got some of these uh, screenshots in her, in her report. Really cool advanced analytics dashboards. Trish? I, there's a couple of them she has in there rival any HR tech dashboard solution I've ever seen, right? In terms of their complexity oh, and, and visual appeal and the depth right. of information they're showing. They're fantastic. If I was the guy building HR tech dashboard solutions right now, I'd probably be looking at some of these, right, for inspiration and ideas. I absolutely would. They're fantastic. And and finally, even things like reputation, right, leaderboards and, and kind of uh, rewards and recognition, which we've talked about for a while now in HR, and there's plenty of HR tech solutions doing reward and recognition. But again, even Mary Meeker has a slide in here about the old Space Invaders high score table. Remember that from the 70s and the 80s, right? Like, and, and oh my gosh. You can really oh, make that connection though, right? Back to that, <laughs> to those gaming uh, dynamics and, what, and things that are important in organizations today. So I'm not sure I have anything really profound in, in addition to say about that, but just that, if you're a leader or a manager of people or an organiz you know someone who's tasked with managing talent in organizations i definitely would be i'd be thinking a little bit about this because it's it's such a a growing trend and an important trend and i'd be thinking about how what this means for 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 my organization plus my technology as well i think it's really interesting. you know what there there is a lot that can be done here too and it's already happening i need to we need to have um have someone from Infor come on from our dynamic science labs. And I don't know if you saw it when you were at Inforum, but we're actually, uh, not only did we partner with the Brooklyn Nets on their Jersey sponsorship, but part the, the real interesting part of the partnership is that um, our dynamic science labs are working with them and HCM will be a part of this, but um, to really analyze all of the data captured on the court from the, um, player performers, yeah, right, totally and then turning that into and so when you look, so if you're listening to the show, look at the Mary Meeker um, slides on on what it looks like in a game. It's it's almost like identical to what we're doing in real life with real players, real employees, right? Mm -hmm. To see how employees are performing and what we're learning from working with the Brooklyn Nets 
is absolutely going to equate into uh, how we can build that that same functionality into other industries into as well. Domains. So absolutely, yeah. It, so it's happening. It's not even just a game any longer. It's real. <laughs> it's reality, right? Yeah. It's it's my ball made real. Yeah. It's, it's in it's, technology. So very cool. Yeah, it's super cool. So I don't know. I mean, so lots to think about there. Lots to look at. Mary Meeker devotes a ton of, of, of space in her deck to gaming, a lot of it actually. So uh, I'd encourage folks to look through that part of it as well. So I don't know. We could talk about this forever, but we we actually can't right now. But uh, And I'm glad you mentioned the Brooklyn <laughs> you know Nets because I, I'm still holding you on that to the whole thing I said it in for him. I want a Brooklyn Nets show and I want some special treatment oh, at the Nets game. So don't forget about that. I don't know if I'm your connection, but I will, I will oh, see what I can do. Let me know. Yeah. Not sure about that, but <laughs> no, I think, you know what? I think that, that, that today's show is interesting to me, not only because, you know, it's been, it's been something you and I have looked to over the years ourselves as, as readers and as people who want to know what's coming in the industry. It really is one of those things. I've shared it with my team too. And it's when you want to start thinking creatively about how to do something differently, you know, you don't just focus on, HR. You don't just focus on uh, human capital management technology, right? Yeah. You need to look broader. You need to look in other industries. And so Mary's report is really good about having you look at things that you don't necessarily see as direct relation to human resources and finding those links. Yeah. And so I think it's really valuable. It's It's a long report, but yeah, you know, it's one of those come back to try and do a couple a couple slides a week or something. You know, it's a good a good goal to set. Yeah, it'll it's, really make creative thinking. Yeah, and, and great food for thought, which hopefully folks have uh, uh, gotten that out of today's conversation as well, which I I really enjoyed. So cool. So I think we'll wrap it here, Trish. Uh, thanks, of course. Thanks to you and thanks to virgin pulse of course www.virginpulse.com check out what's happening there and thanks to them for supporting the show thanks to listeners a couple of folks have emailed me uh about swag i mentioned swag on the prior show trish there's been a little bit of delay in the hr happy hour hq shipping and receiving department uh, mainly <laughs> mainly i cannot find the box that where the swag is so i'm uh, i will oh. make it a point to look for that this weekend and, and, and i'm sure it's here somewhere and, and get that taken care of. So you offer swag and you have no swag. I have not been able to locate the swag. I've moved a couple times and uh, I'll find it. But uh, tweet the show at HR Happy Hour. Uh, the website's h3hr.com, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, all the places. Thanks so much for listening to the HR Happy Hour show. And we will uh, see you next time. Thanks again. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour show your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.